Before we get into the message, though, I'll talk a little bit about the ministry that Ben and I are doing. Every Friday, we go out to uh, Mission Avenue Lane and do street preach with a lot of boys from uh, Lighthouse. And Eli comes along from my church, and he's a blessing. And a lot of people have been getting saved through that thing. So God's been blessing it. And so I thank God for that. And I thank God that he's going to use unworthy vessels to do a worthy task. And he's going to use people who aren't really worthy of being used to tell people the gospel. You realize that the words of this book are not worthy to be uttered by my lips. Amen. They're not worthy to be uttered by my lips or your lips or anyone preaching it, Lord. But thank God that he saved my soul from hell and made me worthy not only just to go to heaven and be saved from hell and, not, and be justified in his eyes, not only that, but he has prepared me for the ministry. He has helped my heart and he's given me a desire to serve him. And I want to serve him. And uh, I hope that the good work he's begun in me will be continued. Amen. I'm thankful for having good friends like Ben here and Noah. I'm thankful for them. It's good to have good Christian friends, especially in my generation. I'd, I don't know where I'd be without them. I really don't. They, they really are a blessing. So thank you. And I thank you for allowing me to preach tonight. It's an honor. And so I'll get into the message. Matthew chapter number 8. You're going to look down at verse number 1. And we're going to read... Just three verses tonight. We're going to go through them. Bible says, When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. The first thing I'd like to point your attention to tonight is the fact that this leper, behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, it says. We don't know where he was before. We don't know what he was doing before. But we do know this about him. We know he was a leper. We know there was something wrong with him. He had a disease about him. Something so vile and so visceral to where somebody who, I, under the Old Testament law, I'm, I'm aware that during that time, a leper would have to shout, unclean, unclean. I don't know if he did that or not, but I know he was a leper. And I know that those people, those folk, were the most despised of society. They were the most destitute of people. They sat on the side of the street begging, probably. I mean, they probably couldn't find work. There was something wrong with the man. Now, here's the, here's the thing. This fella, this leper here, he came to Jesus Christ. First of all, he knows he has a problem. He knows there's something wrong. I mean, it's quite obvious to all of us that there's something wrong with the fella. He had leprosy all throughout from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, more than likely. But the fella had something wrong with him, and he recognized it. Yeah. 
he understood there was a problem in him. Well, he knew who to come to as well. He knew he had a problem. Now the thing is with that, there are some Christians who walk around daily filthy. And we don't know we have a problem. Or at least we don't do anything to address it. It may bug us. It may cause us pain in our lives. It may do all sorts of things to just ostracize us from ourselves and from society. But really, lots of Christians, they don't do anything about it. But this leper, he couldn't do anything about it. He had leprosy. He couldn't, hear he couldn't heal himself. There's nothing he could have done. The fellow had leprosy. He was going to die of this disease. It would have killed him if it had continued any longer. But the fellow knew there was a problem, and he went to a man that he probably heard of that could heal leprosy. And he said to him, in verse number 2, it says he worshipped him, saying, Lord. Now, first of all, before I continue any further, I'd like to make known to you the fact that this fellow worshipped Jesus Christ. Why? Because that leper understood that there was something about that man that was different. He called him Lord. Now, the rest of the Pharisees and the Jews of that day, they wouldn't call him Lord. That's blasphemy. But this fellow here, he said, Lord. He came and worshipped him. Why? Well, he knew who he was. You see, this leopard, I mean, he was in Israel. Jesus Christ was sent unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Came to heal and to minister, not to be ministered unto. So I reckon that this fella had heard some things about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. That God who ordained Moses and made him a prophet and sent him to let his people go out of Egypt by a mighty hand. That God that told Moses that if you put your hand in, in, your, in your bosom, it'll come out leprous. And that God that if you put it back in and take it back out, the leprosy is gone. That God who Elisha was sent to talk to Naaman the Syrian. It was Elisha, right? Well, not Elijah, right? It's Elisha. Amen, amen. And uh, that fellow who he went into the water seven times over and went in that water and he came out clean, pure. He heard something about the God of the Old Testament. He knew something about who his Lord was. Now, the Jews of that day wouldn't recognize him. It had been 400 years since God had spoken to that people. 400 years. And I reckon that these people had gotten so inundated in the routine of going to the temple, making the sacrifices, these things over and over and over again each year. They hadn't heard from God in a while. They hadn't been talking with them for a long time. And so when it comes down to it, 
When Jesus Christ comes onto the scene, when the Lord of glory manifests in the flesh, they don't even recognize their God. They don't even know who He is. He starts doing these wonderful works and saying these things with authority, not as the scribes, and they don't know who He is. They can't tell who He is. They'll keep trying to trap him in a lie and, or, or something like that. They'll try tricking him into saying something blasphemous or something other like that just so that they can shut him up. They don't want their God to talk to them. When their God does come on the scene, they don't recognize him for who he is. They don't see his works for what they are, that these are the works of God. They don't see that. You see... Jesus Christ didn't have to tell that leper, I'm God, come and worship me. His actions spoke for themselves. He he said over in John chapter 5, But I have greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me, that the Father hath sent me. Those very works bore witness of him, that the Father hath sent him, that he is of God. That leper saw something in him. He saw the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in Jesus. And so, for him to come and worship him and tell him, Lord, that was no strange thing to him. He knew who he was. Amen. Amen. But I'll say on. I'll go on. He went to Jesus. He worshiped him. And he didn't have anything to impress Jesus with. He knew who he was. He couldn't impress Jesus Christ with anything. He did, when he went to Jesus Christ, he didn't bring him some compliments like Nicodemus did. That didn't impress him either. He said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. He didn't flatter him with anything. He came and worshipped him. He knew who he was and treated him how he was. And he didn't have anything to offer him except this. Lord, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. He knew he could make him clean. He knew who he was. And so Jesus Christ there, when presented with this man's humility, who came to Jesus Christ with nothing in his hands, nothing on him except his leprosy and his filthiness, he said to him, Lord, if thou wilt, Thou canst make me clean. And you know what Jesus Christ said? He said to him, you're too filthy. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say to him, no, it's too far gone. He said to him, we don't have the technology right now to fix you up. He said, I will. Be thou clean. And immediately. His leprosy was cleansed. I want you to focus on that word there, immediately. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. He didn't have to go down in a river seven times over. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Immediately. Why? Why? Because that's who Jesus Christ was. That leper didn't give anything to him. He didn't do anything for him. He couldn't have. The reason he was healed was not because of the leper. It was because Jesus Christ is who he is. 
That's who he was. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. I'd like to remind you who your God is tonight. Your God is the same one that said to that leper, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. That's your God. And so sometimes when it comes down to it, being Christians, it ends up sometimes where our hearts get kind of hardened to the things going around us. Where we feel like we're failing God. We are. You know, That's just how the thing goes. And we end up in such a spot. Satan will get us to fall and sin and do all sorts of crazy things. And we'll end up just in a worse spot than we were before. And when that happens, I'd like to warn you about some things here. When that goes on, when you fall, when you fail Jesus Christ, you know, say you and me were good friends. And uh, I did something wrong to you. Now our relationship would be damaged. Although I'm saved, although I'm justified in his eyes, my, my relationship is damaged. And so that ought to be repaired. And so the Bible tells you over in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you confess your sins to God, there it is. Just like that. Immediately. Now I'll say this though. Even though you do that, even though you confess your sins to God and you present those things to Him and ask Him to you know, cleanse you from all unrighteousness and all these things, even though that's happened, still it don't feel right. It feels like something's off. You know why? Because although your relationship with Him has been mended, because He promised it would be, you're not necessarily mended over that thing. Really. And so you still feel bad about it. Say if I did something wrong to you, Ben, our relationship would be damaged. I ask you for forgiveness. You forgive me. I still feel bad about it, even though you've forgiven me. It doesn't take away the fact that I'm guilty about what I've done. It doesn't take away that fact. But don't mistake that for anything else accept what it is. Don't mistake that for thinking that God didn't forgive you. Don't mistake that for that because God did forgive you if you asked him to. Amen. And sometimes when it comes down to it, when that happens, in those sorts of situations, when you go to God or when you tarry and don't go to God, oftentimes what will happen is an, the adversary will come in. A devil or an unclean spirit or something like that will come in in the place of God, in your mind, a God you've made up, something you've perceived him to be, because you felt so bad about it, and that guilt has been so oppressive on top of you, to where you've concocted in your mind a God that fits that same feeling, a God that'll say to you, well, you've, I mean, why are you coming to me now, <laughs> you know, or you've waited so long, really, something like that. That's the devil. That's not God. That is not God. 
The Bible warns you over here. Paul writes, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Something's corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And it says, For he that cometh preacheth another Jesus. That's a different Jesus than the Bible. So when it comes down to it, when you're experiencing something like that, understand the fact that is not the Jesus of the Bible. The Bible says that that leper came to Jesus Christ and said, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And what did he say? No, it's been too much. No, he said, I will be thou clean. He will. He wants you to be clean. And so when you've fallen into sin and diverse temptations and lusts, and you've fallen and you will fall again and again in this life, When that happens, and you're commanded to go and confess your sins to God, when that happens, understand who your God is, so that you are not afraid to come to Him, because He's not a God that's going to be angry with you and say, no, what's wrong with you? You've done too much. No, man, if that were the case, you'd be in hell right now, because God, that God is not a merciful God. The same God that saved your soul from hell the first time when you asked Him to is the same God that's willing if you'd go to Him and confess your sins, the same God who would cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen. That's the same God. That leper knew who his God was. He knew who He was. He saw Him in Jesus Christ. Do you know who your God is? When it gets like that, do you know who your God is? Or are you going to someone else? I'll tell you who your God is. It's Jesus Christ. He's in this book. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. Don't get beguiled like Eve did in the garden by the adversary there. This is your God. The one who said, if thou wilt, thou canst make The one who responded, I will be thou clean. Amen? That same Jesus Christ who as a man reached out and touched the leper. If you'll notice that there, that's something insane right there. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. Isn't that something? He touched him. He was a leper and Jesus Christ touched him. Man, just as abhorrent and just as filthy and vile as that leprosy would be to any man in this building, to any person here, just as that is, so is your sin to God. And that same Jesus who reached forth his hand and touched the leper and said, I will be thou clean, is that same God in heaven who is no fan of sin. It said, neither will evil dwell with thee. So thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness. He's not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness. He hates sin. It says, thou hatest all the workers of iniquity. It says, God is angry with the wicked every day. It says, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness. Your sin is just as leprosy is to a man. Your sin is just like that to God. 
It's completely averse to his nature. That same God, that same Jesus Christ, who stretched forth his hand and touched that leper, is the same Jesus Christ, who when you first called on him and said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean, that same God stretched forth his hand and touched your sinful soul and saved your soul from hell. He took away your sin. The Bible says, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And he took away your sin. In fact, not only did he take away your sin, he was made to be sin. You don't see it in the story. You don't see any of that in the story here. But I'm going to tell you something. What happened to you is far greater than what happened to that leper. What happened to you is far greater. Why? Because Jesus Christ in that story, the second he touches the leper there, he doesn't become a leper. But Jesus Christ was made guilty with your guilt and sinful with your sin and condemned with your condemnation the moment that you got saved. Well, he was already made that. Never mind. He was already made that. He was made to be sin for us who knew no sin. That's a far greater thing than what happened in this story. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Are you worse off today than you were when you got saved? No. No, you're not. Now, the reason I say that is this. Because the same God who saved your soul when you asked him to, when you had nothing, when you had nothing, he saved you just like that because you asked him to. It had nothing to do with you. But he saved you. That same God is the same one that is willing to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness if you confess them to him. So get right with God. There's nothing, I mean, there's nothing to be afraid about there. When you go to God, you're not going to be seeing an angry person, someone who's angry at you. If that's how I was, you'd be in hell. But I'll say this. I should have said this earlier. But, uh, God loves you. You got to remember that. That's what you got to remember. I have this problem. I'm, I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself. This is something God's worked on my heart about. I'm not, I'm not talking to you, you know, out of some book I read or something. Actually, I am. But, uh, this book changed something in my heart. And it did something for me. And what I'm preaching to you, that's what this book preached to me first. And so I'm telling you, I'm just trying to exhort you here, that God loves you, that Jesus Christ loves you. That's something we forget all the time. All the time we're getting busy doing things for God and, you know, just trying to do all sorts of things. Sometimes we just need to remember Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. It's a simple song, that. But that's one of my favorite songs sometimes. That's one of my favorite songs sometimes. And 
I mean, it's just, I mean, I love the deep stuff. I love the, all that. But sometimes I just need to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Amen, amen. And he does. He loves you. And the same God that loved you enough to save your soul, the same God that stretched forth his hand and touched the leper and immediately cleansed him, that same God is willing to change your life around. Well, how long will that take? I think it said immediately, immediately, immediately. Just like that. You don't have to wait. I mean, you've waited long enough. You don't have to wait at all. Immediately. You have nothing to be afraid of. It's Jesus Christ, and he loves you. He wants you to get right. He said, I will be thou clean. And here's the thing. You might say to yourself, well, I don't deserve to be forgiven. I don't deserve to get right with God. And you're right. Amen, you're right. Thank God, you're right. But it's not about what you deserve. It's not about what you deserve. What's it about? It's about what he wants. And he wants you to get right. He wants you to be saved. He wanted this leper to be healed. That's the greatest part of the text there. I will be thou clean. I will. Amen. God wanted you to be saved and he saved you. Amen. Well, that's all I got for you tonight. Amen. Well, have a verse of invitation. Let's all stand.